Hey everyone, welcome back to Chat Cemetery. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and today I am joined by Drew Deach, and we are talking about a book that was not written by Stephen King, but it is about Stephen King movies and such. And that book is Creep Shows, the Illustrated Stephen King Movie Guide by Stephen Jones. I hope it's Stephen, not Stephen Jones. We're going with it because they're <laughs> both staring at me with the same spelling. So, <laughs> yes, I think I think it is Stephen. Because yeah, in this back here, when they say okay. this is the two Stevens, and I'm like, okay, I think it'd be pronounced the same. But yeah, no, this was a uh, this is a book that I don't remember how I came across it. However many years ago now but when we had started doing episodes together uh, uh it was a book i mentioned yeah. it was like hey this might be a book you'd want to check out because it's it's very pertinent to what you'll be covering on this show yeah and basically this goes from carrie through i want to say about rose red i think is the last adaptation it covers if i'm not mistaken yeah it is that that's what like the full produced entries are because at that point i think rose red had not come come out yet or it was like just about to air or something if i remember correctly because there's more stuff of like unfinished projects and stuff that's in the work that was in the works at the time um scattered throughout you know the the latter sections of the book but as far as covering essentially every theatrical and pretty much every if not just the major tv projects that 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 had Stephen King attached in, in either adaptation or him writing uh episodes of television shows or movies you know for for example like Sleepwalkers is in here you know which it's not based off anything he did but he wrote the script right so yeah th- this is this was such a like a- as we've done episodes of this podcast when we were getting up to this uh this episode and looking at this book I'm like yeah I'm trying to remember like what my real first remembered interaction of Stephen King is and I feel like it had to have been some pop cultural awareness of movies of Stephen King movie stuff getting this was kind of like a hey it's like a nice little Rosetta Stone of all the stuff that is out there that you know you can find out info on um as far as like the structure of the book for anybody that's interested it's basically there's a an entry on every movie tv show tv miniseries um adaptation some get more ink than others but uh they'll also collect together like little trivia bits or 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 snippets from reviews at the time like there's a lot of uh stuff pulled from cinefantastique and, you know, just giving you kind of a, a sense of the movie's appraisals. If they can get a quote from King about any right. of the movies, they will. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a really fun compendium for anybody who is is looking to learn maybe just a little bit more about certain ones. Like, because, you know, because the big stuff like The Shining and Carrie and, you know, these big, uh, you know, uh, very successful projects, they get a lot of ink. But it'll be a lot of stuff that you might might have heard already um i'm here for it's like oh yeah they wrote up every children of the corn movie that had come up you know come out at this point and like every you know carrie uh uh you know the the little uh tv series or tv mini series that they did that was kind of like a failed pilot as i understand it <laughs> yeah that's what i understood too and the fact that we have had four different carrie adaptations is probably three too many but that's okay <laughs> this book did 
let me know about some things that I just had missed too when I was going through and first creating the spreadsheet because I didn't even think about things like short films. Right. There's a section on that. Yeah. So we have like the boogeyman, the woman in the room. I did talk to the person who actually directed the Lawnmower Man short that is specific to the, the story, not the movies that have nothing to do with it. But there's even still stuff in here that I have not covered, like Disciples of the Crow. Yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson's Ghosts, which was based on a Stephen King story, apparently. Kane Rose Up. There's one in here called Paranoid that's based on one of King's poems. The poem. Yeah, I think that shows up in Skeleton Crew. Yeah, I think I just need to track a few more of these down, too, because obviously I tried to be as complete as I could when I was doing this run of the podcast initially. Mm -hmm. Even some of the forthcoming projects at the time, like Asylum, which is a screenplay written by Stephen King, and Mm -hmm. it was a movie that was supposed to be directed by Jonathan Demi, Dem, I'm not sure on that, but... Yeah, Jonathan Demi, yeah. Um, I don't know if that ever came out, you know, so there's just stuff to look at here, and there's stuff that we obviously know never came out, like the Eyes of the Dragon adaptation, I don't think... They have a section, I think they have a page on the failed apt pupil movie, the one that they, it's like, oh, they shot like 40% of it or something, and then dropped it. There's a, I think there's a page in here about that. So I, I like that. Like it's really, you know, digging into the nooks and crannies of as much Stephen King adapted, adapted or, you know, his stuff he's written. It, it's it's a wonderful little treasure trove for for anybody who loves this kind of stuff. And what's what's interesting to me is that if you're reading a lot of the entries. They're not afraid to be critical of a lot of the movies or at least show mm-hmm. like the, the criticisms of the time that were coming out about it. So I, I, I like that. I like that it's not overly precious, but be, because of when it came out, you know, the the early 2000s, uh, it is during this period where, you know, just a couple of years prior, King had done the the Shining miniseries. So like that gets like, I think, four pages in here. Like it gets a lot of spread. And then same thing, I think, with Storm of the Century. And it's like, oh, because that was kind of the kick he was on at the time. You know, it's promoting Rose Red essentially in this um, at the end. And so it's like, yeah, that latter part of the book, because it was what was more recent and relevant at the time, gets a little bit more devoted to it, which is fine. Like, it's like, even if I don't have the, you know, even if those aren't the projects I would be the most interested in, I'm I'm glad that there's a little bit more info on them and, and about the making of them and, and cool stuff like that. I mean, I definitely think that what's interesting to me is this pretty much covers, I would say, like the first roughly 25 years of Stephen King in cinema, as I would say it, you know, movies, TV, whatever. And those first 25 or so years are a really cool, informative thing to track, um, especially because now we could essentially have a volume two of this book that was like, all right, here's what the the last 25 years have been at, you know, when we get to that point, because there's been enough stuff to fill a whole nother book of this size. Yeah. And there is a more recent book like this called Stephen King at the movies, which I'll probably do an episode on at some point, just because Mm. it's more up to date. I think it goes through possibly it chapter two 
for the version that I have, but it doesn't have a lot of this bonus material that this one has. Like with the stage plays, Carrie the Musical, Rage. Right. Yeah, yeah. The numerous versions of Misery, apparently. I know one had... I want to say Bruce Willis and... Yep. Oh, what's her name? From the Connors, Roseanne. I can't think of her name now. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, it has that. I like that there's a section in here of um, frequently, like, 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 like recurring actors in projects that were, like, in a bunch of Stephen mm-hmm. King stuff during this time period. And it's like, oh, yeah, there were directors and people that liked showing up in his stuff with a regularity. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in here that is a little bit more... You know, anecdotal, and at this point, it you know has been kind of lost to time. Whereas I'm assuming that newer one is a little bit more. I, I I have no idea. I don't know what the book is, but my total blind assumption is that it's a little bit more encyclopedic. Whereas this this is this is more editorial. It feels like. Yeah, I I would say it lands somewhere in between for the new one. There's definitely still some opinions in there on it, but like. I said it doesn't have any of this extra stuff. And one section in this that I actually really like is the recurring talent section, because this was something that I was trying to make note of as I went through everything. And it's just so much easier when they do it for you. Like, obviously, you have lots of people who have been in numerous adaptations, one of the biggest ones being Kathy Bates. You also have Drew Barrymore as a child appearing in Firestarter and Cat's Eye. You have Bruce Davison, who has been in, I want to say, a couple things, maybe three things. Yeah, we did a word word processor of the gods episode he was in. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that that's that's a really cool thing because now nowadays this kind of stuff is pretty limited to, oh well I'll just, you know, if I'm even take the energy to we'll look at the trivia section on imdb for a movie or you know something and maybe see something and and that doesn't sometimes you just kind of have to take that with a grain of salt this feels really like an act of love and preservation and and chronicling of the time um of everything stephen king that was available up to that point and as such uh like i said i don't know if Stephen Jones was a writer for one of the outlets they quote a lot, like Cinefantastique, but it's got a lot of great archival interview snippets with people that are working on the different yeah. projects, and that's always cool. And you know, like I said, sometimes people are openly blunt, you know, and especially King. Like, if they get quotes from King, he'll tell you what he thought about the movie. It is something of a compendium companion piece of a sort, but I, I really dig it as... I, I feel like it belongs, even though, like you said, it's not written by Stephen mm-hmm. King, but it feels like it belongs alongside his stuff. Like on my bookshelf, I put it next to the uh, the Creep Show comic book adaptation um, because it's like, oh, you know, not just because of the uh, alphabetically, but because it feels like, yeah, this is like a kind of kindred spirit, you know, uh, about uh, this stuff. And, and, and yeah, I, I would say that. I don't know how readily available this book is now. It might it might still be. I don't know if it's still pretty, you know, regularly in print or not. Or I have no idea, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think I ended up getting a used copy on Thrift Books, I want to say. And it isn't super hard to find, I don't think. But as soon as you had mentioned it, I remember going and looking for copies because I was like, oh, this would be 
very helpful. And while I don't think I've read every single word of this book necessarily, because what I was doing was once you had told me about it and I got a copy, I kind of went back and read stuff for the episodes I had already done. And then episode by episode, Mm. I was just kind of reading each entry as I got to it. So I wasn't really, you know, like tracking this in Goodreads or anything like that, like I usually do. Um, No. I just find myself picking it up off the shelf. And, you know, in my move, I actually did not bring any of my Stephen King books that I had already read, except for this Uh, one. This one, I was like, I'm going to pull this. And, you know, I pulled a few other things that are about King, but not written by King. Like I have Mm -hmm. Feast for Fear, I think it's called. And it's just conversations with King. I brought the Stephen King at the Mm. movies one. I have another one. I think it's called the Stephen King story by George Beam. So I kind of brought those reference books with me and then any King that I had that I still needed to read for the podcast, which I don't actually think there was anything I had to bring with me at the time. I think I was just waiting on fairy tale to come out, which got sent here. So like I do have that. Um, Oh, I did bring a couple of his nonfiction books that I had not read. Like I have uh, secret windows on my shelf to read. Yes, still. Yeah, so I, yeah. I really, <laughs> you know, left the majority of the King collection at home because I was like, worst case, you know, the li- the library exists. Exactly. Y- yeah. You you and I are big library patrons here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Big library boosters. No, yeah. Well, here's the thing, like a, a book like Creep Shows, it's funny because like talking about it to you, it's like it's it's something of an almost invaluable tool for this, you know, project that you've done with Stephen King. And so it's like I think for most people they'd be like, Well, that's not my situation. Why should I you know, be interest interested in it all. And it's like one, I think it's a really just well put together book. Yeah. Agreed. Like it's, it's just structured really well. And, and, you know, if you just want to read the, the one entry on, you know, lawnmower man Two, like go to it and you can check it out. Cause it, it lists, you know, it, it's, it's like a pre IMDB in a sense. It's like, okay, it'll tell you the director, the cast, a whole bunch of information about it. Um, as well as a little, you know, little written up piece about the movie. Um, and, and, and so it's like, Oh, this is a nice little, nice little tool and curiosity. And if you do want to kind of check things out in King's filmography or see how it was received at the time, um, I think it's a fun, a fun little tool. And, and like I said, at this point, it's kind of, uh, you know, there's the Stephen King at the movies, but it's like, yeah, the, I, I really, uh, treasure this book for being essentially it was a bit of a compass for me for it was like okay I love Stephen King movies here's what I've seen what haven't I seen you know is there stuff in here that I, that isn't on my radar and that I should go looking for yeah it's it's always just been a fun addition I think if if anybody out there you know feels very strongly particularly not just about Stephen King as a as an author of novels mm-hmm. but as if you enjoy the adaptations in the cinema that uh, he has contributed to or has, you know, been uh, inspired by his work. I feel like this is a really cool thing to have in in conversation with all of those kinds of things. Like it's it's a really fun thing to be like, OK, if I'm going to watch Misery, say you've seen it again, it's like, oh, I'm going to pull out and like read the thing on Misery here and see if there's anything new that I can learn about the production or, or anything. It's it's a it's a fun it's just a fun little tool. Like if it was I, I would say this, if there was like a, a bigger version of it with like more 
color. I mean, it's got, it's got color and black and white photography, but it's, I don't know. I guess you could say it's a decent coffee table type book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it would be a fun, like, you know, conversation coffee table type piece, you know, to pull out and be like, yeah, like what, or what Stephen King movie are you thinking of? Let's look it up. Here it is. Or, you know, just, you know, fun to flip through and find something maybe. Yeah. And I have a bunch of books that aren't necessarily exactly like this, but just a bunch of making of books, art of books, because I Mm -hmm. love finding out more about the movies that I enjoy. And granted, look, I'll be the first to tell you, I did not enjoy every Stephen King adaptation. If you find anyone who enjoys every (laughs) Stephen King adaptation, I would encourage you to run in the opposite direction. But (laughs) (laughs) jokes aside, I don't actually mean that. If, If someone loves all of the Stephen King adaptations. I love that for them. But for me, it was just one of those helpful things where, sure, I could have just Googled every single movie that I was watching, but I love physical Mm. media. So pulling this off the shelf and, you know, I just kept a bookmark in it. So and then I would just move it every time I watched something. (laughs) So I knew exactly where I was. And, you know, just even seeing the forthcoming projects at the time that some of which never ended up happening or seeing how many projects George Romero was tied to that just ultimately did not happen. All of the what ifs. This book gives you a lot to think about in respect to that as well. And I just think it's a very fun little extra thing to have if you are into watching the adaptations, because I do understand that there are some people who have read a bunch of Stephen King books, but they're not like us. They're not going to watch The Mangler 2 or The Mangler Reborn. And that's okay. Because guess what? Those aren't good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. We're sick people um, to, to put ourselves through that. But yeah, like, like you said, like you, you mentioned, like, oh, the all the projects George Romero was attached to. There's stories that splinter out from this book. Like, it's like, oh, I would read an entire book just about all of the Stephen King movies Romero tried to make. Like he was trying to make the stand forever. That was like their big project. And and that's that's, you know, talked about in here. But it gets you curious and tells you, you know, the first it's like, oh, I never, you know, before I had this book, I never knew that fact. Right. You know, it was like, oh wow, now I would like to investigate that more and learn more about that project that never came to be. That's really cool. So yeah, it's just a, a really it, it is a, a celebration of Stephen King in cinema, you know, for those first 25-ish years or so. And if you like the Stephen King movies and television shows and want to possibly discover some more, uh, I think it's a really really fun gateway into that world. And certainly if you're somebody who listens to this podcast with any amount of regularity or curiosity, I think it's a a must-seek out because you'll – I think you'll get the same – the same pleasure out of it that that Deanna and I both have. Yeah, definitely check this out if you can find a copy. And Drew, I know we have some other books that we're kind of just waiting to get our hands on that we want to talk about that aren't written by King, but are about things that came about because of King. So like in particular, the making of Creepshow 2. Mm-hmm. I know you and I are still waiting on that. It looks like we should get that in April now. Okay. So okay. that's good news. <laughs> fingers crossed that we actually get a copy this time because I know we both ordered this back in like, 
October, November, and we were just like, "Where is mm-hmm. it? Is it not? <laughs> it's yep. not here." Yeah, and I just kind of think it's like it ain't, it ain't coming. Sorry, I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and I know there's a new creep show comic that's being released right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've gotten some emails about that. Apparently, it's been it did did pretty good. Yeah, so I'm probably going to pick that up because it looks like the first volume is out. So now that I have survived my first six months. After my move and yeah. I'm not sick, I should be able to start planning some content on a more regular basis. I feel bad because I've been saying that for like the last six months. <laughs> hey, but moving yeah, yeah. You're, is a you're lot. It out in there. case, <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely, it is. So, especially uh, like moving to a new state. Oh yes, oh, it's yeah. not oh, quite yes. the same so, yeah, as don't... just like moving down the street or you know moving to a different area in the same city or something. <laughs> don't worry about it. The making of Creep Show Two can wait until you know <laughs> everything is settled and comfortable. So, uh, but look, everything better be settled by April, otherwise I'm gonna lose yeah. my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I'll probably try to keep getting out at least one episode a month here. I know things have slowed down a lot just because there's not a whole lot coming out right now. Salem's lot got pushed again. I think I don't even know Mm -hmm. what's going on with a bunch of these movies. I know there's some stuff coming soon though. So I will stay as up to date on the new releases as I can. And I'll try to fill in some dead air if you will with stuff like this but drew thank you so much for joining me today oh always a pleasure i love it and uh, anytime i uh, love love chatting this stuff up with you here at chat cemetery well thank you 